Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, The Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax and road agent, and author of the retirement and tax playbooks, Marcus Warren. And I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday. And right in front of me, or to my left-ish, I am joined by our resident enrolled agent, tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello, and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything you missed, all you have to do, if you're not doing so already, is subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, throughout the show, we will be offering our Retirement Rescue Game Plan, which is a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threatens your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. And you may be asking yourself, what is in that retirement rescue game plan, Marcus? Well, I'll tell you. Well, in that game plan, you'll get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. Now, you also may be asking, how can I get my grubby hands on that? Or maybe they're not grubby, I'm sorry. How can I get my hands on that? Well, all you have to do is simply go to warrenwealth.net. You go to that website, put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. Once again, go to warrenwealth.net. All right. Um, We are um, chugging right along through the year. We're um, um, already in August, and um, I tell you, the older I get, the more time goes by very, very quickly. That is the truth. Very, very mm-hmm. quickly. But um, one of the things I'm looking forward to, and I'll even be looking forward, more forward to it as we hit next Sunday, is the fact that the kids are going to be going back to school. Going School back. starting up. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. But I'll talk more about that as we... Uh, as it gets closer to uh, uh, to school starting back up. Anyway, let's get into some money matters. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. All right. So um, we are technically, but not officially, and maybe not really at all, um, in a recession. I talked a little bit about it um, last show um, about um, what constitutes uh, a recession. And of course it's basically two straight quarters or six months of a contraction in gross domestic, gross domestic product or GDP. And I know those numbers came in and, um, we were there. Right. And, you know, when you think about it, the signs of, uh, financial gloom, they are seemingly everywhere. And, um, you know, stocks um, officially fell into a bear market back in June, right? Dropping more than 20% from their highs in January. Inflation is at the, the highest, uh, at its highest level in 40 years. Um, bonds are going down, and I'll explain why bonds are going down. Cryptocurrencies are bleeding that red ink also, with Bitcoin basically losing over uh, half of its value um, from its from its highs uh, of not too long ago, not its overall overall highs. That was one of your predictions at the beginning of the I year. Know. You you really saw that coming. Just call me Nostradamus. <laughs> anyway, um, and if that weren't bad enough, economists are now warning, um, and actually it's ramping up. This this heated language is is wrapping up about the rising risk of recession, right? A three R's. Yes. Rising risk of recession, right? And recession is even the three R's, three syllables, recession, um, which gives people, you know, some four letter word uh, responses mm-hmm. to that. You there know what I'm go. saying? Yes. We can't say it on here. <laughs> um, so, um, um, you know, I talked about the definition um, uh, or the unofficial, I guess it's an unofficial definition now that I did, I've, I've, I've had a chance to dive into that definition of a recession. 
um, because the newly released data that came out says that our economy shrank about almost about one percent um, during uh, the three month period that ended uh, June. So April, May, and June, we were down again, and that made it six consecutive months. And that basically um, followed a one point six percent drop in GDP in that first quarter. But what I realized. Um, and I mentioned it a little bit on last show, is that it's up to the academics from the National Bureau of Economic Research, which is a private nonprofit company, by the way, I looked that up too, but to officially determine mm. if we're in a recession, right? And then, of course, you throw politics on top of that, and then you'll never really get the, uh, the, the anyone who wants to admit that, that we're in a recession because it does not do good for the administration that is currently in place. Now, um, so what I want to talk about today, and I want to dive in, at least for the, the rest of this segment, is um, what can you do um, about um, if we're in a recession, if we're not in a recession? Um, you know, it, it really is uh, tough to know, and no one really knows until um, you know, um, until you look hindsight. And, you know, some things that some outliers that are out there is, number one, we are at full employment. And there has never in the history of recessions been a recession when uh, we've been at full employment. Unemployment is at a historical low numbers right now. And so there technically has not been a recession when we've been at full employment. Um, but at the same time, with the inflation, with the stock market, and with the contraction of the GDP numbers, um, you know, stranger things have, have happened. And so regardless of all that, regardless of, of all the noise, um, you know, the bottom line is what uh, do you need to focus on? So I want to focus the, uh, the rest of the segment on, you know, some things that, you know, you can do in regards to making sure that your personal economy is uh, protected. And so when we talk about personal economy, you know, a, a lot of times, and really most times, people get caught up in, in, in the noise, right? The noise of the news media, um, about what's going on um, with the economy, what's going on with the stock market, and, and, and what's going on with jobs and things of this nature. And people tend to get anxiety, get a little bit nervous when people talk about the job market, even though you have a job and you've had a job for the last 15, 20 years, but you still get nervous. Or you hear about uh, stock market investing, and the stock market's tanking, but you don't own stocks, you have all your money in the bank. Or um, whatever it may be. Heck, something as simple as crime that's going on on the other side of uh, the United States, but they'll show it at your local news and you're concerned about that, right? And it's easy to get caught up in all that. And you know what I haven't mentioned? Social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all of that, Twitter out there, all of that stuff that has you worrying about things that you can't control and really don't, aren't even applicable to you. And so that's why I always try to keep at least the people that I speak to, um, uh, my clients, focused on their personal economy. What can you control? And so let's talk about that. And so whether or not we're in a recession, whether or not anybody can agree that we're in a recession, um, what are some things that, uh, that you can do? Um, number one, of course, and I talked about this last time, is just make sure you have savings. You have an emergency fund. What's an emergency fund? An emergency fund is um, about three to six months work, uh, three to six months of expenses um, in your savings account. So if you were to lose your job, would you be able to meet expenses for three months? Would you be able to meet expenses for six months, so forth or so on? But you should at least have three to six months. If you don't, you need to start building up those savings as soon as possible. Uh, number two, what kind of goes in, into that is really just trying to pay down uh, some debt, right? You want to pay down debt um, because if you pay down debt, uh, it lowers your monthly interest expenses. It frees up other income for other stuff, right? Like um, gas prices. Gas prices have went up. They've gone down a little bit, but they're still higher than what they were. Um, and of course, we talked about inflation. So now you're able to have a little bit more money if you pay down some debt for those um, everyday uh, other expenses, right? Uh, from a market standpoint, there is a lot of bad news in the market. You have heard that we are in a recession, however, or not in a recession, but we, that we're in a bear market, right? The market is down about 20% from its January highs. You should stay in the game, right? Stay in the game. Um, what do I mean by that? that? I basically mean you don't want to sell low because most people buy high and they sell low. 
And that's what you don't want to do. Why don't you want to do that? You don't want to do that because you don't want to get in this perpetual cycle of always losing money, which is what most uh, individual investors do. You want to make sure that you stay in the game. Now, if you're younger, um, if you're mid-career um, you, and you have a job and you're contributing to your 401k, your IRA, your company retirement plan, you should continue to do those things because now you are, you are buying low. It's dollar cost averaging your way into the market. If you're older and you are close to retirement or in retirement and have a distribution plan, then hopefully the money that you are using for your short-term needs isn't at risk in the market. And what we have found out when we meet with people who aren't a client of ours, that that is exactly the boat that they're in. They are pulling money out from the money that they have in risky investments and money that, that is now down 20, 30%. And so if you're down 20% and you had to pull out money, you had to pull out 4%, now you're down 24%. And it's going to be tough to make that back when you are continually taking money out and we know that the market doesn't automatically bounce back that quickly. And so um, if you are in retirement and you have a distribution plan and you have too much risk in your portfolio or if you don't know how much risk you have in your port portfolio, then you need to sit down with a good fiduciary advisor, um, someone like us, who can sit down, assess your situation and potentially guide you and put you in the right direction. And it all starts with the budget. People hate that B word, right? Budget. Um, and you have to have uh, a good solid budget. You got to review it, determine um, your, uh, your needs versus your wants, uh, maybe cut out some of those needs. And, and I'm sorry, cut out some of those wants and focus on uh, the items uh, that you need and you can spend money on. And that, uh, in essence, will, will put you in a better place. So if there ever is a recession, then you have your ducks in a row. And that's what it all boils down to is focusing on your personal economy. I cannot say it enough. There's a lot of noise out there. You can get caught up in all of the drama, all of the, the spats, all of the Twitter feuds, um, what's going on in your local news. If you watch the first 10 minutes of it, you just think what a horrible, terrible place that uh, we live in. And, you know, a lot of times that's really just not the case. If you sit back, um, take a deep breath, uh, focus on, on, on gratitude, um, you'll realize, hey, you know what? I need to focus on what I can focus on. You know what? Things aren't as bad as they're saying things are, at least in, you know, whatever your sphere of influence is, right? Um, and so that's what you have to focus on, your personal economy, what's going on around you, your circle of friends, your sphere of influence, um, all that good stuff, um, I said that right, right? Sphere of sphere. Sphere of influence. Sphere of influence. Yes. I said that right. It's not yeah. sphere. Sphere. Spear. It's not spheery or sphere. No. PH is a sphere. sphere. There so you go. Sphere. So, so, so sphere. Yes. Correct. Like a sphere. Yes. Like I'm scared, but with yes. the S in front of it. Sphere like the sphere of influence. planet Earth is a sphere. Thank you very much, my, uh, my grammar. Grammarly. Yes. Anyway. You're welcome. All right, uh, but focus on that. And there you go. And now you know, and knowing is half the battle. All right, coming up next, we are going to talk about mountain climbing and this retirement mountain. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. <laughs> oh, wow. These are the... Uh, Spice Girls. Your favorite band. Yeah, all right. So this song is um, Wannabe. Came out in 1996. Number one in the U.S., number one in the U.K. That's right. Yes, I am singing all the lyrics. This was their first uh, single. Yeah. Over 30 years ago, 96, 2006, 2016. Nope. Yeah. Almost, almost 30. Almost yeah. 30 years. Wow. There you go. Interesting. All right. Well, welcome back to the show, The Marcus Warren Show. Remember, you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net and you'll get a physical packet of information that will help. Rescue your retirement from all the risks that threatened your nest egg. We're talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk you gots. 
to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS, once again, go to warrenwealth.net. So when you're in retirement, what income is taxable? Well, uh, we deal with a lot of retirees. Um, A lot of retirees still have a lot of income coming in. And which means that Uncle Sam will have his grubby hands waiting on some of that income. So let's talk about it. When you're in retirement, what income is taxable? Well, pretty much all of it, right? So um, if you're retired, um, a lot of times you stop having earned income. But sometimes uh, you may continue to semi-retire and you still want to have uh, a part-time job and you have that earned income, of course, that's taxable. If you want to have that side hustle, um, that is also taxable. So you want to do an Airbnb, something like that. Heck, maybe you want to still be around people and you want to ride for Lyft and or Uber. Matter of fact, we have a client who uh, over uh, uh, Derby, during Derby, he is going to help uh, one of his friends out and he's going to have one of those uh, those Mercedes Sprinter vans and he'll be transporting people to and from uh, Derby and all the other bourbon events and things of that nature. And so he'll have earned income, thus, of course, that is taxable. What else is, is taxable when you're retired? Well, 1099 income is taxable. So uh, the 1099, basically whenever you uh, have money in, in a taxable account, um, whether you take that income or not, uh, you have to pay taxes on it. And you get that 1099 uh, from your uh, financial institution at the end of the year and uh, basically says, hey, you made this amount of money and this is what you have to give back to Uncle Sam in the form of taxes. So 1099 income, interest, dividends, things of that nature. Yes, that is, of course, taxable. All right. So when you're in retirement, what else is taxable? Well, say you may have a little bit of earned income, maybe a little bit of 1099 income. And you're like, you know what? I need some more income. And you know what I have? I have these IRAs, 401ks, a 403b. I have this uh, a qualified account or this company retirement plan, and you take distributions from that. Uh, yes, uh, boys and girls, that is taxable also. Um, as a matter of fact, it is taxable at your full tax rate. And so you have to pay taxes every time you take money out of your company retirement plans. And say you don't plan on doing that for a while, there does come a time when you have to pull that money out. And that is when you're 72, and that is in the form of what is called required minimum distributions. And that's when Uncle Sam says, you've, uh, you've held off too long. Can we get a little piece of that action? And you have to pull out at least a minimum amount. Um, what about mailbox money? Hey, Marcus, what is mailbox money? Well, mailbox money is, for some, it's pensions, right? So if you get a pension while you're in retirement... Actually, that was redundant because generally when you get into pension, you are retired. But right. when you get a pension, uh, all of that is taxable and that is taxable at your ordinary income rate. So whatever your marginal tax bracket is, that pension is taxable also. Um, what if you have, uh, I talked about Airbnbs, but what if you have a couple of rental properties um, or a little fourplex or whatever and you're uh, getting rental income? Yes, my friends, that is also taxable. And so um, pretty much most income that comes in, regardless of where it's from, for the most part, is taxable uh, when you're retired. And so what generally happens or the myth that you're generally told is that, hey, once you retire, you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. And since you're going to be in a lower tax bracket, um, then you can uh, defer your your income um, for for later, defer, defer a majority of your income down the line for later. And what generally happens is what, what most retirees figure out is, number one, they want at least as much income during their retirement as they were when they were working. And if that's the case, which is most of the time, you're going to find yourself in the same or higher tax brackets. Oh, and by the way, when you're retired, there comes a time when you want to take Social Security. And um, Social Security, my friends that can be taxable. So, you know, if you have, uh, if you're earning money, if you're retired and you're earning money from uh, a side hustle or a part-time job, 
if you're taking money or a distribution from your company retirement plan, if you have a pension, if you have rental income, if you're taking RMDs, if you have 1099 income, all of that income goes into a formula that the IRS uses to determine how much of your Social Security is going to be taxed. And your Social Security is taxable, and it can be taxable. Uh, actually, 80, up to 85% of your Social Security can become taxable, depending on uh, what income streams you have coming in when you're retired. And so, there, even though you're retired, the tax man is always with you. He will never leave you. He's going to be there in lock and step. By the way, you know what? That's the real um, vow that you take when you enter the workforce. That's the true till death do us part um, commitment that you have in your life that won't go away, right? That won't move on. Uh, you won't, you can't, you won't grow apart from Uncle Sam. You won't uh, have irreconcilable differences. Um, you can't do that. You won't be betrayed by Uncle Sam because he is with you. Now, you might be betrayed on uh, some other levels because he has his hand in your pocket, but uh, um, that's he's with you till death do you part, all right? So let's do this. So we've, we've talked about tax buckets in the past, and, um, you know, the tax buckets are, so all the accounts you have goes into three tax buckets, your taxable bucket, your tax-deferred bucket, and then your tax-free bucket. And so uh, a quick explanation of these tax buckets are like this. One is your taxable bucket is money where you're taxed now, right? Taxed along the way, whether you take the income or not, uh, the money that you have in your tax deferred bucket, uh, you defer uh, that money, you get tax deferred growth, and then you're taxed when you pull that money out. And then you have your tax free bucket. That's the money that you put in, it grows tax deferred. And when you pull it out, it's also tax free. You don't have to pay taxes on it. Uh, federal, state, and or capital gains are things that would be in the tax-free bucket. Those are things like Roth, uh, certain life insurance, uh, HSAs, uh, 529 plans, things like that. And so, um, unfortunately, most people have accumulated their assets in that tax-deferred bucket because they work for a company. And we've been told to defer, defer, defer our whole working careers. And that's what most people have done, right? They have decided not to pay tax on the seed, but to wait till it blossoms and turns into this big harvest. And then that is when they want to pull that money out. And that is when you are taxed the most. And so uh, we are in a situation where we feel that taxes are going to be a lot higher in the future than they currently are now because of debts and deficits and things of that nature. And um, right now, by the way, we are in the lowest tax rate environment that we've seen in probably our lifetimes. And that does provide some opportunity to uh, do some tax planning now um, that will allow you to save money by potentially moving money from that tax deferred bucket into the tax free bucket. Yes, you still have to pay a tax. But if taxes are on sale and the lowest they've been in your lifetime, then it might make sense to take advantage of the lower tax rate position your money in that tax-free account, and then you don't have to worry if Uncle Sam raises taxes uh, 20, 30, 40% down the line because you've already paid the tax at the lower rate. And so where do you go and who should you talk to if you need to have a plan to reduce your taxes in retirement? Do you talk to your financial uh, advisor? Do you talk to... Uh, Maybe your accountant. Um, it's like this. You don't talk to your financial advisor uh, because uh, most of them, the majority of them, uh, don't even deal with taxes. If you start talking about taxes, they're going to shoo you off to uh, someone else and tell you to go talk to either your guy or they'll claim to have some sort of relationship with uh, a tax person and they really don't talk. But um, that's probably not uh, the route you want to go. Um, and then, of course, uh, you have your accountant and you're probably asking me, hey, Mark is my CPA. You know, they, they, they do my taxes. And you're right. That's exactly what they do. They do your taxes and they probably uh, either have done them and finished them um, or they filed an extension for you. But the bottom line is they are doing your taxes for 2021. 
that's already happened. Your accountant is accounting for something that's already happened. And so there's no way that you can save taxes after it's already happened. So 2021's already happened. There's no tax savings that you're getting right now. All your accountant is doing, and what most of them do, is they are historians and they account for the past. They just let you know, hey, you owe this, or hey, this is the check you have to write to the government. Uh, Do you want to put it on your card, have them direct debit it, or do you want to write a check, right? But you have to have a tax planner. That's one of the things that we do here here, here in the office, where we focus on being forward-looking, looking through the windshield versus the rear-view mirror, right? And so if you plan for taxes, that is how you can save money on taxes. So Monday, you write your check, tax day is over, it's done. That is when you should start the tax planning. The tax plan for 2022 should begin now, has to begin now, finding ways that you can protect income, shield income. Of course, all of these are green lights, right? Green lights, meaning that uh, these are things that are in the, in the tax code that permit you to do these things that can help you save money now, but it has to happen within the year. You can't save money for, you can't save money on your 2022 taxes in 2023. You have to have a tax planner. And that's one of the things that we do here in the office. That's what sets us apart from uh, most of the, the guys out there uh, who are, um, who you've probably dealt with in the past. Uh, and speaking of that, we are going to uh, get into our tax corner segment um, coming up here uh, right after the break. You are listening to The Marcus Warren Show. It's like a techno-ish. Yeah. House. Tech your house. There you go. So kind of there you go. So this is music for a sushi restaurant. That's right. By Mr. Harry Styles. That's correct. Harry Styles came out this year. Number eight in the US. Number three in the UK. Okay. I like it. Yeah, it's a good song. Here you go. I like Harry Styles. Yeah, Harry Styles is uh, is one of these uh, newer artists that mm-hmm. you know, not new. It's weird, not newer because he's been around. Yeah, with, with, uh, with One, one Direction, Direction for so for, long, mm-hmm. forever. So yes. it's it's weird, but yeah. yes, old but new. Old, old but new. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren show and uh here we are um are we ready for uh are we doing tax are we doing taxes let's do some tax corner ready for some tax corner all right let's get into some uh, d's tax corner because i'm the tax man yeah i'm the tax man or woman all right so before we get into our tax corner i just have a quick quick comment about earlier you were talking about a recession and are we aren't we in a recession and some of the indicators that people might throw out and i think you know as you're talking about focus on what you can control in your own personal economy i think there is a hierarchy to what uh, those indicators that people might care about mm-hmm. um, when it comes to determining are we in a recession or not and the very bottom of it I'm going to say is GDP, gross domestic product, because first of all, nobody knows what that means. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's a, technically a measure or the market value of goods and services produced during a specific period of time. Who and cares? No, well, that's what I was going to say. Well, that's my whole point about personal economy. Yes. Who cares about what gross domestic product is? Yes. All, you, all people should really focus on is what is going on in their in your own their own finances. gross domestic yes. product right what, yes their what own, are you pr- what are they right their exactly goods and services and, exactly and income versus expenses that's right yeah. that's right and in <laughs> times of you, you know and then you've of course you've got stock market 
which, as you mentioned, only matters if you need to take money out. If you have to sell out, otherwise you can wait for it to recover. Yep. Inflation might be a little bit higher on the on the hierarchy because you are having to maybe change your spending habits Infl- a little bit. Inflation is the one thing that, well, it, it affects, of course, everything affects people more, more so than others. Yes. But inflation is the thing that... Um, the masses, you know, from yes. lower income, middle class, yes. when you see the, the price majority. of milk double or eggs or gas or whatever that may mm-hmm. be, those everyday things that everyone needs to buy and you can't just cut back, so to speak, yes. as much as you'd like because yes. you still need those things. Inflation is something that um, impacts you know, behavior. That really mm-hmm. is kind of your, yeah. your your personal economy. You do have to budget and say, all right, now that groceries used to be three hundred bucks a month or whatever that is, now it's all of a sudden jumped to four fifty. Yeah. Now that's there's some that's really it. serious mm-hmm. things that you have to think about. So maybe yep. we have to cut out how many times we go out to eat, you know, per week and focus and instead yep. to to make those cuts. And then of course you have jobs, which I think is the the biggest impact. Um, when it comes to a recession. And we've got, as you mentioned, a strong labor market. Mm-hmm. But in spite of that, you know, during times when um, we have we have this kind of looming threat of a recession, people end up going to the corner store, to the gas station, and they get by themselves some of those lottery tickets. <laughs> and recently, right. I'm, I'm, that was my segue into the tax corner. Yes, recently... A very lucky Illinois resident won over $1.3 billion, with a B, dollars in the Mega Millions Lottery on July 29th. This was the second largest jackpot in the 20-year history of Mega Millions. How much money was that? $1.3 billion. Here comes the money! Yes. yes, here comes the money. <laughs> yes. And not only was this a huge windfall for the lucky Illinois resident, it was also a huge windfall for the good old IRS. Of course, they need it too. So let's go through a quick rundown. Yes, they do. So what most people might not know is that when you win the lottery, you usually get to choose between taking the lump sum, that $1.3 billion, or... Uh, sorry, taking uh, a, a lump sum, which is usually less yes. than the amount that's advertised, that $1.3 billion, or taking the $1.3 billion over a span of time, which in this case is 29 years. Kind of like an annuity, basically. Just it's an annuity payment. payment. Mailbox money, baby. Mailbox money. However, speaking of that, um, were, we, did, were we talking um, off air about what, what you're talking about yes. now? Yes. Because I was perplexed. Okay. Yes. Good. We Cla- were, yes. Clarify for us. Yes. For so me. you either take $1.3 billion over 29 years as an annuity payment, or you can opt in for a lump sum, get it all now, and you get $780 million. You get a smaller amount. Most people go with the lump sum. Yes. People are going to take the lump sum. Yeah. Like most things, um, even that lower cash figure, the $780 million, that paltry amount, um, <laughs> it gets hit with taxes. So you immediately okay. get hit with a 24% withholding tax, goes straight to the IRS. So $780 minus 24%. Yeah. The remaining balance, $593.2 million is going to go to the winner. But okay. Hold on. Go, go ahead. their likely tax bracket is going to be... 37% yes, third, yep. because that's the highest tax bracket. That's for um, any uh, anything you make over $523,000 for individual filers, you get taxed at 37%, which means most of that $593 million is going to be taxed at the full 37%. Again, right? No. No, you take it as long. You've so. already taken the 24% right. percent to the IRS. So you get that balance, 37 minus 24, about 13 additional percent, which comes to $101 million. So total tax from the 780, $288.8 million going to the IRS. Now, this is what I need to know. This is what we talked about off air. Yes. Where does the other, where's the other $520 million? So Between go, the lump sum and one the point, 1. Somebody, 3. hey, listeners out there, if you know, um, you know, go to, what did, where, where can they email us at? Info, is it info at warrenwealth.net? I don't yes. Know. yes. Is that what it is? Info, email us at info at warrenwealth.net if you know. So 
is yes. what you have. But if you walk away with it, it's seven eighty. Yes, that's five hundred and twenty. That's not nothing to, to just just like yes. not worry about. That's five hundred and twenty million dollars. That is somewhere now, from a standpoint of, from my knowledge, where I think it is. I I think that it, it, it's it's like this. It's like when, um, if you deposited a hundred thousand dollars in the bank, you know, or you know, the the bank is they're going to um, lend that money out. You know, they're going to give you mm-hmm. your 0.2% and then l- lend your money out to somebody else at uh, 5 6%, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. And so if everybody, you know, so a bank's assets may be $1.3 trillion, but if everybody went to the bank and said, we want all our money, they would, the bank would say, hey, we don't have $1.3 trillion. Yes. So is that the, so I'm assuming, and uh, hopefully a listener can know or, or will know by, by next, uh, um, um, you know, by our next show. What the insurance company, the whoever has it, the yeah. insurance, whoever has it, they don't really have 1.3. Right. They just really have 780, but they're saying yes. one point. I, I like, I, like yes. where's my $520 million? That's what I want to know. I won 1.3. If I walk away with 780, I was thinking that that, 520, that $520 million, that's going to taxes. No, 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 I no, know. no, no. Then where's the, my 500? Well, you, my ticket says 1.3. I'm taking yes. a lump sum payout. Yes. yes but- I was thinking that lump sum was after taxes. There's no, obviously some surrender charges. There's something you that's going on. Out at I one need time. to know. Yes. I got to know. It might even go to the state or, you know, I, no, the taxes go to t- the state. See, right. I don't know. I don't know where that money goes. I don't know. I need to know. I know. There's some funny money going on. Anyway, go ahead. Speaking of state, <laughs> not only do we pay $289 million to the IRS, but the winner of this, uh, of this huge prize also lives in Illinois, and they have a 4.95 state income tax. That's another $38 million going to the state of Illinois. In rough numbers, after all the taxes and that phantom $500 million going somewhere, the winner still gets to take home $453.7 million. Now, look, I'm not trying to say that that's not a lot of money because it is. It is a, a lot. lot of money. And when you go from, I'm assuming this person probably has never had that much money, not that much, not even a, a paltry percentage of that money in their lifetime. I still, like... Want that, <laughs> that like, remaining like, it, amount? It, 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 it still is crazy when you, 1.3, and then you actually walk away with 420. Yes. That's, yes. you know, that's, that's, I mean, even though you never had it, you know, never had that much in any way, but it is still one of those things where you're like, well, wait a minute, I've won 1.3 and now I'm walking away with 420, even though you're still generational wealth, set for life, oh, all yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. It still feels like you got cheated. It's so, it's weird. Because because the advertised <laughs> amount is the $1.3 billion. Yes. Yep. And the funny thing is, uh, another fun fact, the winner has 12 months from the date of the draw to claim their prize, but... They have to decide within 60 days if they're going to do lump sum or the annuity payments. Or it defaults to the annuity payments, I bet, right? It probably does. Yeah, because that's, because, you know, that's easier you know, for this. It's, yeah, you don't want to get your money out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't want to run on the bank. That's anyway. right. Yeah. Wow. There that was, go. uh, that was a good stuff. But I'm still, like, it's, it's still baffling to me that 520, and I know there's, disclaimers that hey you win and the portion of this if you take it as, as a lump sum a portion of this goes to so-and-so or this and that or the insurance company because i'm sure insurance companies are always involved in stuff like this yes um that it, it's it's not a full payout whatever it is but that's just a lot of, i mean 520 million dollars is a lot when it's not even going towards tax it's just like a, a penalty or a fee for what like it's 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 wild to me anyway because the, the jackpot is, is generated from ticket sales. So people are buying tickets. Yeah. The jackpot's increasing. It actually increased overnight. Yeah. That, that night fair. that it was $1.2 and then $1.3 the next day because so many people, people bought, yes. kept buying more tickets because it was such a huge... Um, I just want to know. If I was that dude, yeah. I'd be like, or lady or whoever wanted, I'd be like, where's my 520? I know I'm walking away with 780, but just let me know. Can I get some uh, forensic accounting going on? I just need to know where it goes. Just yeah. a line item summary of where that money is gone because I got to know. And then let us know. And then, yes, and then let us know. And then, hey, if, if you're a, a forensic accountant, accountant out there that wants to email info at warrenwealth.net, let me know. Thank you very much, D, for that tax corner here. Because I'm the tax man. Yeah!
All right, coming up next, we'll get into some news you can use and news you can't use. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Oh, man, this is a really good song. This is a Best of My Love by The Emotions. Now, this song came out in 1977. Number one in the U.S., number four in the U.K. I just love songs that stand the test of time. You listen to it, you listen, it's just... You hear how it starts, and you know immediately what it is, and you feel good. It's a good song. The emotions that make yes. you feel good. Hey, there you go. Yes. All right. Well, welcome back to the show, The Marcus Warren Show. Remember, you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net, and in that retirement rescue game plan, it will be a packet of information That will help rescue your retirement from all the risk that threatens your nest egg. We are talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk. You got to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net to get that free packet of information delivered free of charge uh, to your front door via USPS. All right, um, we have hit the time frame where... It is time to uh, get into some news. I want to make sure that D has the uh, the news queued up. I got to make sure I have the news queued up because there's a lot of stuff that's going on out there. But, uh, you know, we're going to give you that good information. Oh, well, we were going to give you that good information until uh, I realized that uh, I'm not plugged in here. Give me a couple of minutes. Technical difficulties. Do we have technical difficulty music? We don't. No, that's Jeopardy. Oh, that's Jeopardy. Anyway, let's get into some news you can use. All right. Oh, you did not want me to continue humming that, by the way. Anyways, no. uh, Walmart is continu- uh, cutting hundreds of corporate roles in a restructuring effort Ooh. after uh, a week after the retail giant warned of some fi- uh, falling profits this year. Ooh, oh, maybe we are in a recession. It's possible. Uh, who knows? Uh, around 200 jobs in total are being cut. These are all corporate level roles. Um the Walmart spokesperson confirmed that they are being, being eliminated as the company updates its structure. Um, they also said they're investing in other areas to create some uh, new roles. Walmart warned last week that its profit would decline for the year because they have to mark down some apparel. They have an oversupply of inventory that they're trying to get rid of. Similarly, I think Target mentioned the same thing. They've got an oversupply of inventory um, um trying to uh, mark it down, discount it to get rid of it, yeah. and it's going to result in some uh, less Losses. than expected profits, yes. Makes sense. That's I mean, right. You know, it's, um, you know it, it, it's funny because generally Walmart, um, the discounters, when, mm-hmm. uh, when we are headed towards some sort of downturn in the market, you see that, you know, those generally they kind of stay steady. Yeah. But, um, I mean, this might be a sign of nothing. Yeah. Or it could be a sign of something. Ooh. All right, what else? All right. The $370 billion, with a B, dollar energy and climate spending deal that was struck between uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Democrat Joe Manchin, it might close a tax loophole for the wealthy. So yes. Senate Democrats say that their proposal would raise $14 billion over a period of 10 years, which is going to come from a change to the way the U.S. taxes carried interest. Yes, good. And carried interest. This is a, a major way that um, many fund managers and private equity investors earn their compensation. So partners in private equity firms and hedge funds who generally manage other people's money get a share of the profits from any deal they do Often, they take about 20% per share, even if they don't have their own money invested in it. Um, And so that 20% uh, uh, share that they get of the profits, that is considered their salary, but they haven't been paying ordinary income taxes on that money. They've been paying 
favorable capital capital gains gains. tax rates, which are capped at just 20% versus ordinary rates are 37%. Yeah, and and, and it's like this. So um, me, the ordinary Joe out here, um, I have, um, um, I get uh, a big fat salary mm-hmm. and I my employer mm-hmm. bumps Pays my it. salary up from say fifty thousand dollars to a million dollars. Right. Now That's a my, nice raise. Nice raise. Now my, my tax bracket has jumped up to thirty seven percent. I'm paying that thirty seven percent. Yes. However if I'm a Hedge private fund equity fund manager mm-hmm. and I, you know, make some money for my shareholders and I take my salary basically in this carried interest, uh, the max that I'll pay will be 20%. That is correct. And we're talking about on not chump change, no. not just a million dollar salary. No, we're talking we're about on millions. Know, millions. That's uh, right. Yes. Anyway, it's, 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 it's one of those things that, you know, by the way, hopefully it does. Yes. Because they've been talking about closing this loophole yes for since 2017 at least at, well, uh, 20, 2007 I'm yes sorry. i was since gonna say i know obama when, was, when obama was in office it, yes. you, you know it was that well and that's it came up with mitt romney when mitt romney was running for president that right, came up he, because he was he a um three, yeah three he, he owned no. a private equity firm or yes part and, of that, and, and, was, and one of the paying. things that um derailed his not derailed his 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 um candidacy but didn't help was that he paid I don't know. Very low. Like very low. Single digit number. It was less than 10%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. it was less than 10%. But yes. and because most of it was whatever. And then of course just the the um uh antidote that everybody knows is that Warren Buffett pays less in taxes from a percentage standpoint yes. than his secretary than his secretary, his Lower administrative rate. assistant. Yep. yep. And now the only thing about this doesn't completely eliminate the carried interest loophole. I know there's always a caveat. Uh, It uh, extends the the holding period. So uh, before they had to hold the money for three years in order for it to be considered uh, taxed at the favorable rates. Now they're increasing that to a five-year holding period, which might result in people cashing out before that five years if they need the money and therefore paying taxes. Yes, so it doesn't completely eliminate it, but yes, yes, always a catch. That's right. All right, um, yeah, do another one. All righty. After a small bidding war between JetBlue and Frontier, JetBlue wins the game. They are buying Spirit Airlines for $3.8 billion, a combination that will create the fifth largest U.S. carrier. Um, So JetBlue is going to pay $33.50 in cash for each share of Spirit, including a prepayment of $2.50 a share. Um, The deal also includes a so-called ticketing fee of $0.10 a month starting in January until the deal closes. JetBlue said that uh, buying Spirit would make it a more formidable, formidable competitor to the four major carriers, American, Delta, United, and Southwest. Um, And JetBlue and Spirit have been... um, uh, locked in a, in a little bit of a public battle spirit, it originally wanted Frontier to be purchased by Frontier or to merge with Frontier, but uh, Frontier got bumped at the game and JetBlue um, came ahead. The deal still has to be approved by antitrust regulators. The Justice Department said they've been concerned that airline competition has been dwindling after some uh, recent mergers. Um, and the Biden administration has taken a tougher stance on um, antitrust enforcement and corporate mergers um, across the board. A couple of things. One yes. is this. One is this is good because um, I've been on the Spirit Spirit flight once and will never go on one again. Um, JetBlue is nice. JetBlue, like they're almost diametrically opposed. Like when hmm. you think of JetBlue mm-hmm. versus Spirit, it's like, okay. Um, and hopefully JetBlue... Their influence overwhelms what Spirit is currently right now, and um, it's not the the other way around. Doesn't hopefully JetBlue doesn't go in, in the Spirit direction. Um, hopefully Spirit changes the colors of their airlines because yellow um, it's like a big yellow bus, it is. Um, oh, and yeah. mm-hmm. it just gives me the EB to GBs riding something that's that that's yellow. That's just me. That might be my OCD, yes. but it's just yeah. You, you shouldn't have a plane that's yellow. That's why you look at uh, Delta, yes, uh, United, yes, American, all mm-hmm. the ones that are decent. Uh, um, Southwest, mm-hmm. they're not this bright, ugly yellow that's you know 
um, where okay. you got to you got to pay to get a snack. You got to pay to uh, use the bathroom. Use the bathroom. You got to pay for a seat. Uh, for a seat. Well, seat to sit. <laughs> yeah, you can. instead of stand. You know, I, oh. uh, you know, we're 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 you know being a little indulgent there, but yes. I'm just saying. I'm just uh, spirit. Hopefully, they you know JetBlue gets them up to gets them up to snuff because I was not a fan of. Um, you know, the budget spirit uh, airlines. Yeah. I've got just an irrational fear against using anything other than the big four. I don't know what it is, but I refuse yeah. to fly another airline. Yeah. I, I, maybe, I mean, I've you know. flown Virgin. Um, Virgin was oh, fine. Okay. Um, just when it's not JetBlue, I've done JetBlue. Um, yeah. I guess that's really about it outside. Oh, spirit once, and that, that was enough. Anyway, D, thank you for that uh, news that you can use. And of course, if we left you with that, that would be enough. But we know that you all yearn for more. Actually, you you uh, send in uh, disgruntled uh, emails and calls when we don't give you enough of this. So we're going to give you what you really want, which is the news that you can't use. All right. A Colorado man became the first person in the 21st century and the fourth person overall to use a contraption attached to his nose to push a peanut up Pikes Peak Mountain. I cannot make this up. I'm not making this up. The city of Manitou Springs said a gentleman named Bob Salem began pushing the peanut up the mountain at 9 a.m. on July 9th, and he reached the top by 10 a.m. on July 15th. When did he start again? July 9th. Through he, July 15th. Okay, what what was he doing this for? Cl- climbing the mountain to be like, recognized as the like, winner of this award. What a, what award? I mean, a, call, a local ci- a city award? A local city award? How high is Pikes Peak? That sounds... Um, I mean, I should know this, but... Sounds pretty high. I, it, I don't I have it like in front of me. Um, Pikes yeah, Peak Mountain but I, but I've heard in of Manitou Pikes. Springs. Pikes Peak, that's a coffee, too. Oh yeah, that coffee brand. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, um, yeah, he was only—he was the fourth person ever to complete the task, and the first person to complete it in the 21st century. It's fourteen thousand feet. Um, all right. First of all, this is probably—it's um, ridiculous. It, yes, um, it is definitely news that you can't use. I don't it's know like, why. Where, where does like come up with it? Who thinks about it? I don't know what the contraption is. He can't use his hands. I guess it's a no hands task where you just use something on your nose to push a peanut. Wait a minute. A peanut up the mountain. Pike's Peak, you know, we're acting like we don't know it. And I just, I just pulled it up here. Um, it is uh, the second most visited mountain in the world behind Mount Fuji. What? Yeah, like I just. Well, there we go. Yes. Wow. There so, yeah, towers. We yeah, go. towers eight thousand feet above Colorado Springs. Okay. And yet is the wait, and yet is the not is not the highest mountain in Colorado. That's yeah. Interesting. It's the second most visited mountain, but it's not even the most the highest. But that's because people uh, are just pushing peanuts up the mountain. That's, that's what they're ridiculous. doing. Ridiculous, ridiculous! I tell you. But thank you, D, for that. That was definitely news you can't use. It's ridiculous. But we all know what that music means. It means we've come to the end of the show. We want to thank you all for listening. Have a great week and take it easy on the Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.